watch it. All right. Okay. It's recording. Awesome. Red light. <laughs> We're good to go. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Reframe Your Brain. Hello. We are so excited. We're sitting in Leah's studio. She's got this amazing mic in the middle of the table. That's really distracting. So we're actually trying yes. to not pay to it. Um, my name is Danielle Kent. I'm a speech language pathologist. And I'm Leah Soffrin, also a speech language pathologist. And Leah and I um, were colleagues um, in grad school. We were grad school buddies. We actually did a post-stroke group together. We did. In grad school. That's true. Um, and about five, I'm trying to think about how many years we've been in grad school. Seven? So so two years ago. So five years after grad school. Yep. We reconnected at one of the organizations we were working for, and we, since that time, have evolved our friendship and yeah. realized that <laughs> crushing goals. That's crushing like, goals. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Danielle's life motto. I do Goal like crush. Crush goals. We've been crushing goals together. <laughs> we know, we, um, as Lee and I got to talking more and working together in an organization, we realized that we share a lot of common viewpoints. We have a very similar mindset in a lot of ways, and we realize a lot of the things that we talk about, other people often ask us about or are really interested in learning more. Yeah, that, you know, thinking about ways to solve problems creatively, thinking about um, doing a lot of different work um, and having variety in life so that we, we don't get um, burnt out in one work setting or with one, one focus. Um, I think we've both found a lot of people want to be able to do that too. Yes. And have a lot of questions for us about how how we prioritize things, how we balance things, how we decide what sort of risks to take and yeah. um and and so we've been talking a lot about that. Yeah. And decided we might as well share it in a podcast. Yeah. And like Leah Leah and I said, you know, we know we'll listen, our partners will listen. And maybe our moms and sisters. So we're like, we're going to at least get 10 people. And we just work with a couple of school members of teams. Yes. And like, yeah, we'll listen. So we're at a solid count of 10. So if we hit 10, I think we're winning. Let's go. I think winning. we're winning. <laughs> but I think what you said, we're in a lot of different places. So you and I, are, we work in a lot of different places. Schools. Schools. Nursing homes. Nursing homes. Hospital. Like you and we, our schedules are never the same week to week. They're right. always changing. And I am a, I own my own private practice. Leah's starting hers up, and we share this common insight of really wanting to be in many places at once and ex- have different experiences. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from our desire to not live within the you know eight to five mm-hmm. time frame. Like we want to build our own schedule essentially. Yeah, I think the the autonomy that comes with making your own schedule and working in a bunch of different places and having sometimes kind of a crazy schedule, but also the flexibility to to turn work down or to explore work in new places really makes that work more meaningful when it's something that you choose to participate in instead of, for me, I know when I worked in a, you know, traditional school-based setting, there were things about that I really didn't enjoy and things I really liked. And it it's, you don't always have the freedom to pick and choose. Right. And um, and I like, you know, to be able to do paperwork at, you know, 11 o'clock at night or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and schedule around the times of day that work best for me. Yeah. I think one of the things you and I also agree upon is, you know, our, our weeks aren't always secure, right? Like, like some weeks are light weeks, some weeks are heavy right. weeks. It's not always constant. And there is a level of effort on our 
laps or on our plates to set our schedules up, which isn't, you know, quote unquote safe, you know, so there is, right. a, there is this degree of level of risk, risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This level of or risk. uncertainty, uncertainty. Yeah. This level of uncertainty. So I think both of us, when we go into a new school year, you know, we don't know exactly the caseload that's going to look like in three months right. from now. We know the month in front of us, maybe, maybe the week in front of us, but we know that we have the ability to build and add on. Right. And I think a lot of that is our Ability to, you know, we always joke about like silencing the front for the frontal lobe <laughs> that like is designed to keep us safe <clears throat> right. and comfortable, mm-hmm. and to think outside of that and think like, okay, well, there are other opportunities present here. So a lot of my decision to 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 have a schedule like that and to move away from work that was more predictable and consistent was because I really like to travel yeah. and. You know, no matter what work setting you're in, there's always limitations on when you can take time. Yeah. yeah, when you can take time off and how much time. And and so I started to look into other sort of work you know, settings and opportunities so that I could go away for three weeks or four weeks. Or... I miss you, though, when you're talking about <laughs> Aw, thanks. Although you do send me nice pictures, I and I get really jealous. <laughs> and it's, I mean, that's really important to me to have that kind of... Um, time to do things that aren't work-based yes and I know for myself I get really burnt out of no matter no matter what it is I get really burnt out on something if I spend all of my energy and only focus on that yeah. and so working in a variety of settings helps me helps me keep a, you know a level of interest in in all of those settings um, and create some flexibility for me to say all right I can work but this period of time I'm going to be in China or right. wherever and right. and feel like I'm I have control over over my time and yes. and my energy and that it's not at um it's not someone else's decision which yeah. is important to me. Yeah. And I think for me too all that same things of having that flexibility but having that freedom of knowing I we I, I mm-hmm. can grow as much as we want to. Exactly. Like I we can we can extend our specialties we mm-hmm. can I mean there's no limit to growth. And right. I think in a lot of systems, there are caps on just how much, you know, and I'm not even talking financially. I'm talking yeah. professionally, personally. There's caps on how much growth you can have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a particular interest within a, any given field and you don't work in a setting where you see where you see clients, like I'm interested in working with people who um, are transgender and want to work on their voice. And that's not something that you might run into in most settings. Right. So if if there's a particular area that interests you, having doing what we're doing allows us to to create the space to to see those clients, to explore new things um to however we want to. Yeah. And and that, yeah. that and collaborate with yes. other people. Yes. That that, you know, there's I find too not just collaborating locally, but collaborating like across the country because there are people doing really interesting things All everywhere. Country, yeah. yeah, and it's exciting to be able to like search them out and be like, "Oh, you've got this really cool group that you're doing, and I want to do something like that here." And then find people locally who are interested in that same topic and want to work on that with you, and just see how things develop and not feel like it's constrained by um, any particular system or yeah. budget or expectations. Yes. 
I think one of the things I found really helpful is when you're choosing this path, you know, when you're thinking outside typical systems, it is really helpful to find, like you and I connecting, yeah. it's been really helpful to find somebody else who has mm-hmm. a similar mindset. Yeah. So I do feel like when you're doing your own thing, you're like paddling in an ocean alone, you know, you're like, well, nobody else is doing what I'm doing. So am I going in a circle? Right. Can't really tell. Am I going in the right direction? Yeah. So like connecting, and that's why like us creating this podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, the organization or wherever we go with this it's a way to like let other people know there are people out there who really have think the way right. we think and we really encourage people to like think outside the system think outside of mm-hmm. what what the status quo is there are better ways that than, than what we're doing and sometimes i find like better like what does that what does that mean because right. it, it's going to mean different things in different, in different places mm-hmm. to different people and helping like opening a dialogue around how do you how do you describe your your experiences and how do you want to describe your experiences like what's happening right now and then what do you want to have be happening yeah. and looking for resources outside of our field or within our field and 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 not limiting um not like putting limits on the imagination, just letting yes. it generate ideas yeah. and then kind of pick and choose like which ones are really achievable or which ones are really exciting or which ones do you know someone else is doing and you can find and, you know, partner up with them. Yeah. Um, like Danielle and I have talked about all kinds of different ideas that we come up with and sometimes they're like wild and way out there and <laughs> really wonderful ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not anything that's going to happen really in, right. in the near future. And then right. there are other things that seem a lot more achievable and a, and a lot more, you know, not practical, but... Like starting this podcast. Less compl- yeah, exactly. Within, within a few, like, we decided a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, hey, about this. You're like, yeah. And then, like, let's do it. Well, probably about a month, month yeah. or so ago. But, yes, I think... But keeping those big picture visions is in super the important. present, yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's important to know, like, where you're going, where do you want to go. And I think one thing that always amazes me when I talk to other, other SLPs or even, you know, just people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what are your big picture, what do you, what do you envision want to do? for yourself? What do you want to do? And I'm talking, like, emotionally, like, getting deep in the spirit, but, like, what, what is your big, what is your end goal? Like, what right. do you want to be doing? And so many people I talk to were like, I'm just so busy day yeah. to day, week to week. I don't even have time to think about right. what I'm doing. And I'm like, but you're going to live your whole life like that. Right. You're going to live 40 years at the same job and suddenly look up and go, where'd 40 years what go? Happened? And, and, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge for some people that is really what they that's, want. Right. That, and that's that may be awesome. their goal. That may be cool. And especially if they know that's what they want. Yes. But I I agree. I have conversations with people where they're they're clearly not they're they're not settled with what they have and they, they don't feel like they have the time or sometimes just like the permission yeah. to think about what else could be. Yes. And and I you're a much more goal driven person. I just tend to think about for me, like, does this feel like it's working for me right now because yes. I mean I like to plan things but I also I think of plans as like um it's just a it's just a starting point yeah. and plans are made to be changed in, we, in my mind we've talked about like what variables are important for you mm-hmm. in your life right and like now and in the future yeah and so maybe not necessarily goals but what variables do you want present exactly in your like life? flexibility yes you know travel time yes and there's also, you know, a degree of financial stability that yes. everybody needs. And yes. um, 
if you have a family or if you have other other things to consider, that definitely changes how comfortable someone might feel about moving into private practice yeah. or working outside of the school system. If there's, yeah. you know, if you want to have time off with your kids in the summer. Right. Um, right. Although, honestly, <laughs> who has the whole summer off anymore? Right, right, right. It's no longer the whole summer. Well, honestly, I decided to really expand my private practice when Troy, my son, was like four or five months old. It was probably like the le- like the time when you would think, no, she would want like predictability and stability. Right. It's the time when I was like, no, I actually think this is the right time to explore my own thing. Yeah. And giving myself the permission to do that. I mean, I had Adam support my husband. Um, and I, which I think is another whole issue, right? Like what support yeah. systems you have in your life, supporting you to make decisions for your future, right. which is important. Why like get some support systems around you who really want. I was just watching, um, a video from another person who does a podcast <laughs> this morning. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing some podcast doing research. Some research. Um, and one of the things that this person was talking about is finding, like, you have to be selective about who you choose to to share your different ideas with because not not everyone thinks the same. And if you're looking for feedback about an idea and you want the idea to be recognized the way that you feel about it, then it's important to find find people not who are just going to say like, yeah, that's a fabulous idea, but who can who can recognize the importance of it to you from the same kind of perspective. Yeah. And and you might you might have different people for different kinds of ideas, but it doesn't mean that you share all of your ideas with all of those people. Right. And and starting to think about like who are the people who give you feedback and advice about things that really make you feel heard and and give you some something to think about as yes. opposed to the people who are just like, Oh, that'll never happen yes. because of all these reasons. Or the people who are like, Oh, that's fabulous. That's just like fabulous. just do it tomorrow. Yes. You can do anything. Yeah. You know, without really thinking about the specifics of it. And I thought that was I mean, a lot of it sounds just like common sense, but until yes. you slow down and think about the types of relationships you have with people and and what you get and you know what type of relationship that is and how it nourishes you or doesn't yes um i think that's another thing you and i are very thoughtful about is the the relationships or friendships Mm -hmm. we maintain Mm -hmm. and making sure the level of i don't know what i want to call reciprocal but the 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 level of i think it's um I mean, appreciation doesn't quite encompass it all, but uh, right. like, how are you seen? You yes. know, how are, how, how do people sort of receive you? Yeah. You know, and and is there always? I, I one of the things we've talked about, kind of in in relationship to that, is competition, yeah. and how. You know, I'm I'm not a very competitive person, yes. and so when I encounter someone who I feel like whatever I say it's being met with a sort of like oh I can I can do I can do one better or like here's my better idea yes. or I always sort of step back from that and think like what is what is going on here why right. does right what is this person trying to to get what do they need from this encounter to feel heard and so the same thing when I am interacting with people that I, you know, I look for people who I feel like there's some mutual kind of resonance. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. But I think you also made me think about something. You and I, in terms of just general communication and interactions, 
we tend to be non-reactive, mm-hmm. but very thoughtful about right. interaction. And Lynn, I, I, Leah's been a great sounding board for me in terms of like, here's what happened. Right. What do you think about this? I tend to really think heavily on interactions and really process. Like, you gave me that book. Um, I forget the title of it. The nonviolent the nonviolent communication yeah. book. Yeah. yeah, and it really was a great. Like, just another skill set of responses to have in terms of responding to people around you. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I share the mindset of when we have a less than pleasant interaction with somebody else, we kind of take it and we kind of think more about, like, what did they need? Right. What were they, you know, wanting? Which, which can be exhausting, right? We don't it just, is. like, write it off as a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> I, I need to, like, go through the 10 degrees of, of thoughtfulness <laughs> about it. But I think in the end... It's a strong suit because it allows us to better connect with people. And, and, and I I think in working with school teams, I found that it's really helpful to model that yeah. because it just slows everything down. And it's a lot harder to be reactive in a setting where the pace of communication allows for time to think before you speak, time to think about what other people have said. And, and space to say, like, oh, I don't know that answer. Yeah. How about I'll get back to you? And have that be accepted and not, you know, ridiculed as, like, well, you need to know all the answers. Yes. Because I think I need to know all the answers, you know. Yes. So there's – I think it – it sets a tone, especially when working with teams, that it feels... It really reframes a tone. Like yeah, it reframes the oh, brain. Right, well, that's like, it's like that's such a... That word keeps coming in. Yeah. It really does reframe a tone when, you, when you're able to model that and just have it be that's the expected behavior or the expected outcome. Right. And that it's okay. Yeah. I mean, we've also talked a lot about how fast-paced things are and yes. how busy things get. And that's a lot of, that's something we hear from people often is like, I'm too busy to, to think about this or I'm too busy to prioritize my own needs. Yes. Another thing I've been hearing a lot in podcasts lately, <laughs> especially from women and sort of a reevaluation of how women prioritize themselves or don't prioritize themselves and then as parents or as partners don't have the energy to take care of themselves and how that affects their relationship with other people yeah. because they're prioritizing other people yes. and and then it just drains you yes. and that that cumulative drain is it just creates exhaustion yes. and and you know that's definitely something I've I've heard from other people and in a lot of other settings it's like you have to take care of yourself and self-care is definitely yeah. something that you focus a lot on yeah I'm big on it well I think I know everyone knows the oxygen mask analogy like you mm-hmm. don't pull down your own oxygen, oxygen mask first but it really is if you go into daily interactions like professional personal and you are just drained like you've been giving everything else to everybody else you are so much less patient like I have two kids and I know like we're both SLPs we both are you know running our chan throughout the week there's a lot going on, and if I don't take that time to replenish and make sure I'm taking care of myself, I don't, I, I, I'm not at my best. Right. And I feel like our professions call for us to be at our best. Yeah. And I notice that the most in the situations where there's a lot of counseling that we do. Yeah. Where it's not just like one-on-one working with a, a kid or one-on-one working with a team member. Yeah. It's like team team building and emotional processing and kind of stressful situations i mean i'm sure the 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 range of of just 
mm, challenging communication situations that I've found myself in in the last month. Um, I'm sure it's not unique to me. Yeah, it's not something we're like prime targets for. Just navigating some of those. Mm-hmm. Just the, ca- the counseling and the, the team communication piece, yeah. we wind up doing a lot of leading in those areas. Mm-hmm. A lot of leading in those areas. And it's, I, I think, when I've mentioned to other SLPs that we're doing this podcast and it's about, you know, life and about all the, they'll ask, like, what's it about? I'm like, all the things. All the things. <laughs> all the things. And I think that really reflects, like, what we do and especially oh, if you work in a school yeah. or if any if you work in one setting you have to deal with all the things all the things and and how overwhelming that can become just so quickly like it's only you know school has been in session for like a month or five weeks and when I go to schools people already are looking like zombies they're like yes. when's the first break yes. when it's when do like, I have time like to catch my breath five weeks and there's been 37 schedule changes and Right. It's it is there's a lot. There's a lot involved. So putting yourself at the top of mm-hmm. the to do list. And some people I will hear things like, Well, I feel selfish or I feel and that's that's like a story you tell yourself. Right. That's a story that you're telling yourself. Like it maybe is how is like when you grew up how that was perceived for self care, yeah. whatever that story is. Yeah. Putting yourself at the top of your to do list, it's necessary. And I found that the hardest thing about that is figuring out what what I can do that feels like, you know, self-care. Yeah. And I'm doing air quotes, self-care. <laughs> that um, that feels like it's, it's re-energizing for me yeah. and still manageable. Because, you know, like I have this idea generating machine for a brain. And when I hear self-care, like the list that I can generate mm-hmm. turns into like, ultimately it turns into taking a trip somewhere and I can't do that all the time and that isn't always what I need to do so figuring out what are small things that I can do at work what are things that I can do you know on a on a on a regular basis that feel helpful and not like contribute to feeling overwhelmed yeah and And it may change week to week day to day and I think some people it's hard like you you for me I know I need to have like an inventory almost of self-care because it's not necessarily the same things are going to work all the time. Right. But it's like, it's this constantly evolving mm-hmm. ability to identify, I need something. Right. And then being able to, you know, take care of that need. And, I, you know, we work with so many kids who we want to be teaching them how to, how to communicate yes. about their needs. Yes. And for us to recognize how difficult it is as adults to, ident- to first identify yes. that we have a need and then what would meet that need and then communicate about that need. Yeah. Like, that's so far down the list. I feel like when you go through that process yourself, you start to realize just how hard it would, you know, just what what a like, challenging task we're expecting of kids who have communication barriers already yes. Yes. to be able to communicate a need. Yeah. When we, as you know, let's assume we're all very functional adults, yeah. struggle to just identify that there is a need. Yes. Um, and what you're saying about how things might change, I find, like, I'm, I'm some, I, I, I'm, I like routine, but only for a little while. Right. You know, so I want to do the same you thing, do like, yeah, but but not forever. Yeah. And you know, recognizing those things about yourself can be really helpful. And if yes. you don't. If you don't take time to take care of yourself, then it's like, maybe I need this. Maybe I need this. Yeah. Maybe I need this. And so that's what I found helpful is yeah. 
variety. Variety. <laughs> it's yeah. just like honoring that it's, it's different for different people. Absolutely. It's different within the same person. Mm-hmm. But just like that is a re- that's a total reframe for some people. Like putting myself oh, yeah. on the top of the to do. What do you mean? I've got I've got five kids. You know. Yeah. Yes, those are all really important things. But you really, you as you, right. need to be as complete as you can be. And you know, I think we also work often with really new SLPs. Yeah. Who or new 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 anybody like it doesn't have to be just an SLP, new special educator, new teacher someone just out of college doing anything. And I think that those skills take time to develop. Yes. Um, and that there's, they're recognizing that that process is, is like a lifelong process. It's yes. not something that you master no. and then you're done. Yeah. Um, and so I think that when I, when I interact with newer SLPs in particular, um, sharing, I like to share these things with them. Yeah you know, when it comes up and, and say like, Hey, think about these things because in two years, like it happens really fast. You go from feeling like it's all brand new to just like you're drowning. Yes. And you know, there's super high burnout in yes. in our field. Yes. And, and lots of, I think, educational related fields. Yeah. Um, like teaching, I mm-hmm. feel like all healing professions, mm-hmm. all, therapist professions there should just be this huge focus on like okay make sure you're taking care of yourself right whatever that looks like right that's a huge part of being able to do the work that we do i like to look um at other parts of the country usually more urban more populated areas and see like what's in place for managing like if you were working in a private practice somewhere in you know california or um even even like in Boston or whatever in yeah. a city, yeah. How are those places set up? You know, what expectations do they have of like work caseload versus what is it called? There's like caseload and like workload or something. Okay. Like the number of individuals you're working with versus the hours. The hours that you yeah. Okay. And and look at that. Like, you know, I found there's a couple clinics that I'm familiar with in Colorado and. I've had conversations with one of them about, like, do you limit the number of clients that each of your clinicians sees so that they don't burn out, so they have right. time for paperwork? Like, how do you balance the – in settings where they monitor productivity more, like, how do you balance right. – All the things that can be All of those things, right. Quote, unquote. Yeah. yeah. And some places are really creative about it, yes. I think. You know, they ha- – how do you – just all of that, being creative about it, I think, yes. is really is, – the answer. Yes. Right. <laughs> rather than rather than like struggling, not struggling. Well, it's always been done this way. Right. It's going to continue to be done this right. way. I think we both acknowledge there there are constraints right within systems sure. that are you know you can't always you know cap out beyond a certain limit. But there's different ways to think about things. Right. And and I th- and that can be that can be really hard to be the a person who who has a different perspective and bring it to an organization that you work in. Yes where you don't hear those different perspectives. But that doesn't mean that they aren't there. Right. That doesn't mean that if you, you know, if you say, oh, well, I, you know, have has anyone ever thought about setting up the schedule this way instead of, you know, the way that it's been done for the last couple of years, that you might get some interesting information yes. to approach things with sort of a curiosity rather than a critical mind. Right. Um, which also takes some practice, I think. And I think you'll never know unless you, in those cases. Unless you ask. Unless you ask. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think a lot of people anticipate denial. Maybe there, there's been a history of denying new ideas, but, you know. There's a lot of interesting uh, studies about, I think we've talked about this, about how in, in, in the current way that the educational system works, like, no one ever wants to be wrong. Like, you're always looking for the right answer. Right, right. And I think when you work in that setting, too, my experience was that I sort of got sucked into that frame mind that, like, not knowing the answer was not okay. Right. You need to know, like, you need to it's figure not. it out and then and then bring the information. As opposed to having an idea and saying, like, I wonder if and receiving information. And I'm sure that that's not everywhere. And that it varies from, you know, in degrees from place to place. But I think I encountered that a lot. Like people are afraid to ask questions and they'll preface their questions with, well, this might not be a good question or this might be a silly question. Yes. Yes. And the idea that asking questions and wanting to understand needs to be prefaced with a disclaimer of it might not be okay to do this is something that... um, when that happens, I really try to stop and say, like, no. Right. <laughs> Ask your questions. Ask your questions. Ask your questions. Ask your questions. It, it's, that's how we learn things. I think as I'm thinking about how this podcast evolves, maybe we just talk about, you know, as we go along, mm-hmm. we share with people, like, the experiences we've had with these things and yeah. what we've done yeah. in, the, in the settings we've been in um, to, to kind of... And since this is models, the first one, yeah. we're just sort of, you know, having a conversation like we would normally have. Yeah. But we also, we have, if if people who are listening want to share about experiences, we have an email they can send yes, them to. Yes, yes. What is the email? <laughs> Reframefeedback at gmail.com. Is that it? I think that's you. it. Danielle's I checking. I trust you. I'm checking. I, I created the email, but that, I trust Leah. that doesn't, well. <laughs> I trust you, Leah. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And we have an Instagram account. Reframefeedback at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if they're like, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, those two are awesome. Oh, way awesome. awesome. Way awesome. <laughs> Feel free to let us know. Because that's always it's nice to know that, like that we're awesome. Questions? Or questions. Like, an yeah. questions. Questions. Or if there are topics that, you know You want us to cover. Yeah, yeah, you'd like to hear what we think or if we've encountered similar experiences. Um, we don't always have the answers, but we can certainly share our yeah, experiences. That's right. Uh, it's one thing we're, we're, we both are very quick to admit. Like, if I don't know something, I will gladly find a person or mm-hmm. look up resources. But I tend to be pretty um, actively open about yeah. n- not knowing. And just because we might have an experience with a particular topic doesn't mean that it's going to be the same for everybody. So, right. But I really like the idea of just hearing other people's stories and sharing our story. Yeah. And, you know, there's all these really cool storytelling podcasts, and there's one in central Vermont. Um, it's not a podcast, but there's a storytelling event called Extempo that happens sometimes. Oh, cool. And it's just really to hear. Sometimes there's a theme. Sometimes it's just people get yeah. up telling stories yeah. about things that were significant for them. Um, I really like it because it's fun to sort of observe yeah. how people talk about their experiences yeah. and how, you know, as a SLP and having studied languages, I listen to the words that people choose a lot and cool. the way that they talk, but also just hearing like wild experiences. You wouldn't yeah. think when you look at a person like, oh, wow, like they had this crazy trip to, you know, yes, wherever and 
That's yeah. a really specific example. But. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's, yeah, one thing Leah and I realized when we started doing this podcast is we're like, okay, well, we could actually probably talk for hours. Right. So, but we won't. We won't. I mean, you know, if you're still listening, like, we thank you. We love the score. Right? But, we um, do, we do. But, um, yeah, so be sure to check us out on Instagram, Reframe Your Brain, all mm-hmm. one word. All or, one word. Yeah, or email us, reframefeedback at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we will be sure to keep you guys updated. And That's we can't right. wait to talk to you guys again. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. Thank you.